WNRI's Upfront. The opinions expressed represent those only of the panel and callers and do not reflect the views of WNRI and its owners. Telephone lines are now open at 7690600. And now, let's join the Upfront panel. Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Upfront program for this Tuesday morning. I'm Roger Bouchard. I'm here, and I'll be here all week long with uh, various folks, including on Tuesday and Thursday, Mr. Uh, Christopher Boulay, who is here today. Hello, sir. Good morning, Roger. Good morning, listeners. It's great to be here. Nice to have you here. On Friday, we'll have um, Patrick McGee. He's the uh, superintendent of schools. And also, um, we have um, Mr. Borget, who is... uh, Chairman of the school committee, and uh, he'll be here on Friday, both of them, and uh, we'll get an update on Woonsocket Public Schools. They're doing distance learning right now, as you probably uh, heard, and uh, we'll find out uh, what plans they um, they have in terms of finding uh, substitute teachers and just trying to work out some kind of a, of a plan to uh, educate children under these circumstances. It's really... Uh, you know, just trying to do anything under these circumstances is a challenge. We're running a restaurant, running a hardware store, um, and also just living a normal life. You, you can't go out as much as you want to. And you uh, pick your, um, I guess you'd call it, you pick your battles. You know, should I go shopping? You know, and, um, and where should I go? I know uh, this weekend um, we... Uh, we went into one parking lot at a retail store, and um, we drove through the parking lot because there were so many people in the parking lot at this retail store that we decided not to go into it because there was just too many people in the store. Now, whether the store was counting people or not in the store, we just didn't like the atmosphere. Parking lot loaded with people, people walking around. It just seemed to be a retail setting where nobody really cared much about um, about safety. Now, I may be one that's overreacting to all this stuff, uh, but I guess I'm entitled to do that if I, if I want to do that. But the point was that we didn't go in the store because it just seemed like um, not the place for us to be. Anyway, we're all trying to um, do this in a different way, and uh, everybody has their values and opinions about uh, how to act during the virus. Good morning to you, Chris. Good morning. You're getting along all right. I hope you had a nice Thanksgiving. I sure did. It was it was good. It was mm-hmm. uh, spend a little, as you know, spend a little bit of it here with uh, Jeff from eight to nine. Mm-hmm. I heard and the program. Good. Yep. And there's really no excuse because everything's kind of close by. So uh, it was fun to spend some time with Jeff, and uh, hopefully we had good listenership because it was Thanksgiving. And um, but it, but it was phenomenal. And I've kind of kept my weight where I want it to be, so that's even better. All right. So you didn't overdo the turkey, huh? Oh, I, I made up for it by working out. All right, we're going to. Um, hey, it's a phone. It's a telephone talk show. That's that's what it is first and foremost. So, if you've got something that you would like to uh, talk to us about, please call us at seven six nine zero six hundred seven six six thirteen eighty, and uh, then you can email us upfront at wnri dot com. And and Chris has uh, sent me a few topics uh, for consideration here on the program we'll talk about those we got somebody waiting for us yes we have somebody waiting so uh, why topics will wait all right hello there and thank you for calling the radio program good morning gentlemen good morning chris you know when it comes to the voter fraud topic i am keeping the faith that being said i'm getting nervous about the time factor why is it that they can't just cut through the red tape? You know, sometimes, and I said this, I think, uh, last week, is the president's uh, legal team hasn't really shined. And it feels like they're throwing crap against the wall and trying to make it stick. Because I did a little cheat sheet for myself last night because I'm getting a, a little bit lost. But right now in the swing states... Just kind of refresh everyone's memory. Uh, right now, the way it is, is Biden has 306 electoral votes. And you need 270 to, to get the majority. So he has enough. And Trump has 232, all unofficial. 
Pennsylvania has 20 electoral votes, and it's 1.2% is the difference. Michigan has 16 electoral votes, and 0.8% is the difference. Georgia has 18 electoral votes, 0.2%. Arizona with 11 electoral votes, 0.3%. So some of these um, have been, you know, ratified. And uh, but if any, if even three of them switch, uh, Trump would be the next president. So having said all that, um, the, the president hasn't helped himself either. I guess he was quoted saying that he doesn't think that his case is going to make the Supreme Court. Why he would say that publicly? Uh, I didn't hear that. Yeah, he had said that. So I'm I'm hearing that, and then they're leaking out things, maybe intentionally, maybe not, that the president is going to be around for. You know, he wants to run again in 2024. That he's given up the race. So. I'm trying to take it all in, and they're just throwing stuff against the wall, and nothing's really sticking. If you heard this morning on the national news from from uh, Phoenix, now they're talking about certain states that have had uh, votes, you know, completely miscounted. So we're running out of time, and they're run, they're they're running out of a case apparently to the Supreme Court. So the president hasn't really helped himself here either. It's such an important issue of the year. I don't see why we have to go through all these channels that we can't just bypass them and go right to the Supreme Court. That's but I don't understand. Yeah, and they, they may not have their act together. They may not have something that they want to have thrown out by the Supreme Court. Obviously, in 2000, wow. Bush versus Gore, it was down to the hanging chads, basically, in one state, Florida. Florida, with the help of the villages and with the help of uh, uh, Western Florida, it, it, it was clearly Trump's to take. So... I think it's getting closer about what's going to happen, but the president has made comments, in my opinion, undermining his own credibility, undermining his own uh, position. So I, I don't know. We're going to talk later about uh, a Biden presidency, what it would look like for the markets and look like for the economy. But um, I'm kind of just trying to be um, even-tempered. And like Warren Buffett said many times, we've had 45 presidents and they haven't all been peaches. So we'll get, we'll get by this guy, too, if, in fact, it happens. But, and I've said this before, and I think you feel the same way, is the president uh, has just run out of people to insult. So unless there was a complete fraud, it shouldn't even been this close. Given the economy, given what's happened, given, given the fact that uh, Project Warp Speed has already got vaccines and, uh, that are going to happen in late, um, you know, late December, it shouldn't even been this close. It should have been Ronald Reagan's. Thank you so much. You're such a good information person. <laughs> well, I, I, I enjoy it. It may not always be uh, what everyone wants, but I, I certainly enjoy it. And uh, I enjoy spending the hour here with Roger. So um, thanks for calling. We appreciate it. I'll be listening on Thursday, too. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. This is the Upfront Program on WNRI. Roger and Chris uh, together today. We have another caller uh, patiently waiting. And let's uh, say hello to you. And... See what you want to tell, tell us. Hello. Yeah, good morning. Good morning. Hi. Yeah, I'm calling up on regards to the comment of you driving in the parking lot of the stores and being packed. Um, I decided to take my grandchildren to Lafayette over the weekend, and I didn't even bother getting out of my car. There was no social distancing in Lafayette, and I must have counted 20, 30 people without masks walking around over there. So I'm going to decide to take my grandchildren to that Gillette Stadium thing. Because La Salette was a, a wasted ride all the way out there. So uh, people weren't just driving around in their cars; they were they were walking out uh, without. Oh yeah, there, and there was—I don't even think they were like three, four feet apart. I got out of my car and waited five minutes, and there was no social distancing. And I, I had to see about twenty, thirty people walk by us. I mean, they were in like groups of like five or six, but I mean, the groups were like two, three feet apart. Some are like groups with no mask on with their families, and it wasn't for me. You know, it, it's, this is contrary to what you and Roger believe, but they did an uh, excerpt of an interview with Dr. Fauci back in, in uh, late May, early June, I believe it was, and he said that masks are useless. He says maybe it'll make you feel better, but it's going to stop less than 0.3% of, of the potential. So that, that was his comment. So maybe those people are confused by the so-called experts keep changing their minds about what's good and what's not good. But as Roger said, you've got to do what's in your best interest. If 
If you feel that you want to be part of things and you're not worried about that, then that's one thing. If you feel that it's important to have masks, then, then you protect yourself that way. It's, it should be everybody's individual decision and certainly not the state's. And what I notice a lot, people do cough, they pull their mask down, they don't lose, use their sleeve, they turn their head to the right or to the left of you, and they cough outwards. Mm-hmm. I see a lot of that going on, too, you know? Yeah, I, I just hope for, for that this will be, you know, like 9-11, 2000, it was a terrible day in our, in our country's history, 2001, excuse me, and they said we'd never be the same. Well, certainly travel has never been the same, but I'm hoping that all of the dehumanization, all of the lack of connection, because humans are made for thousands and thousands of years to gather together and, and, and be social. Hopefully when this is all done, it'll be like smallpox and it'll be like uh, polio. It'll be come and gone and we'll be back to normal. Yeah, know what it is. If you, till you lose a loved one to this and they got to spend their, their last days alone and you can't go to the funeral because there's only so many people then people start realizing how serious this matter is, you know? Yeah, ho- hopefully with Project Warp Speed, obviously Moderna and Pfizer had a private-public relationship and where they're pursuing this, and it looks like the front-line people are actually going to get, um, you know, the vaccine, except in California, Governor Newsom is talking about differentiating people who are going to get the vaccine based on their skin color, which, is, uh, which was a, a problem. Thank you so much for taking the time to call. Yeah, thank you. Have a great day. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, individual decisions are being made. I mean, uh, I know, um, you know, there, there's uh, such a wide variety of thinking. I know someone, they just don't leave the house. And that's their choice. That's how they're fighting it. They just figure if they don't leave the house, they don't have to worry about it. In a case like uh, like me, um, I, I enjoy eating out and... Even with 33% capacity, if I feel that restaurant has done their thing, um, I, I feel like they're, they've cleaned up. Well, then I, I guess I'm willing to take a little bit of a risk. Rather than stay home and eat a pizza at home, I'd, I'd rather eat in a restaurant with 33% capacity. And, um, and well, I guess you could say take the chance. Huh? <laughs> yeah, I mean, you, you get into a car, you take a chance. There's thousands of Americans, um, 40,000 Americans die in a car accident. I, I, you know, you could go on and on and yeah. on. You get into an elevator, you take a chance. You get in on an escalator. Uh, it, it's a decision that everyone individually has to make. And um, hopefully the vast, vast majority of people eligible to get a vaccine will take it. And it'll be just like polio and smallpox. It'll be, it'll be eradicated. Hey, if you have something you want to say about something, please feel free to call us at uh, 769-0600-766-1380. We're going to need to have you introduce the topic before we take a break here. Yeah. yeah. Well, this is, I was thinking about this because obviously what I, you know, most listeners know, I'm a financial advisor. I follow the markets closely and I don't think it's overdoing it, touching on it like every week or so about what's going on. It's uh, particularly when something very newsworthy happens and... In the month of November, given what we're just talking about, the pandemic and how it's affecting the economy, how um, we had basically an upset in elections, the individual who's the architect of the last four years of economic growth and the stock market growth has been summarily kicked out of the office. However, the Dow Jones Industrial Average in the month of November went up 11.8%, almost 12%, which... By itself in one year per annum would be a terrific return that most investors would take. The S&P 500, which is the 500 largest companies in America by market capitalization, or their worth, up 10.8%. And the NASDAQ, coincidentally, up the same as the Dow, 11.8%. So people who are going to open up their statements in early December are going to be very, very pleased having a 10% return on uh, just on the equities uh, on, on average. And if this seems astounding, this is the first time that this has happened since January of 1987. So this is the best year in the stock market for, since 1987. What I'd like to introduce, think about this June. Think about last June. If you were armed with the facts that we were going to have a pandemic and we were going to have all of the issues going on, we were going to have the President Trump kicked out of office which seemed almost impossible a year ago, yet the stock market goes up almost 12% in a given month. Even with that information, the stock market is so unpredictable. My, the lesson here is just kind of 
keep the faith unless you have you know need access to that money in a short amount of time you know five years or less you want to kind of stay with this but uh, phenomenal returns uh, the russell 2000 which is the which is the um, smaller companies in the United States from 300 million to about 10 billion dollars in market cap up 19 percent in one month just phenomenal returns so I want to talk a little bit about that and I guess we're taking a break and then I want to talk about how Biden uh, will affect the markets and uh, my theory the roast house is open seven days a week and our hours are 1130 a.m. to 9 p.m. and we're featuring outside dining and inside dining and of course takeout to make a reservation to dine or to place an order at the roast house call 508-883-7700 and check our menu on the internet for theroasthouse.com thank you for your support during this period of transition the roast house palm street blackstone we welcome back old and new customers for inside and outside dining. Okay, and the Roast House uh, says um, give someone a special gift that they're sure to enjoy. Our gift cards are available in $10 to whatever increments you want and available at uh, both locations. They never expire. The Roast House Pub and Restaurant serving you for 41 years and we thank you from the Roast House. And uh, we're going to check in with... um, Let's see, our good friends over at um, Scott McGee. Yeah, he's here. Scott McGee of REMAX Properties brings his years of real estate experience to you, whether buying or selling. Check out this property currently on the market from the McGee team. Well, every Friday I hear from Scott McGee and uh, we uh, find out uh, what uh, latest listing he might have. And I'm going to tell you about uh, one at 78 Steve Lopes Way here in Woonsocket, Rhode Island. It's um, an affordable uh, housing uh, piece of property. You can buy your first home. It is a, uh, it's a, du- it's a condo duplex is what it is. And um, it's two bedrooms, a full bath, um, and it's got a fully appliance kitchen, a nice dining area, nice living room area, and a finished lower level that could easily be finished in for additional living space. If you'd like to uh, see it, all you have to do is give Scott McGee a call at 639-2906, and he'll be more than happy to arrange some kind of a showing, either virtual or if you really want to see it um, in the... Um, in person, well, it can be arranged, too. Anyway, this a piece of property is on the market for, uh, let me see, 185 185 is the asking price, built in 2004. And uh, if you're interested in this property, Scott McGee would be more than happy to show it to you. One more message, and then we'll um, we'll get back to the Upfront program. We have callers, and we have topics. Payer Kosher, your accounting, financial planning, tax preparation, and business consulting services of Woonsocket and Warwick. 600 Cass Avenue, Woonsocket, Jefferson Boulevard, and Warwick. Call us locally at 766-8100. Remember, outside of the tax season, we do planning for business, individuals, and families. We're Kayer Kosher. We're certified public accountants. Again, our local number, 766-8100. And remember, having Kayer Kosher to consult with on your personal financial Financial situation is like having all the right answers. Here, Kasha will be a sponsor of our Christmas carousel, Christmas Eve Day, and Christmas Day, 48 hours of the most beautiful music of the holiday season. Brought to you in part by K. or Kasha CPAs. You're listening to WNRI's Upfront, a radio internet talk show. Now, let's get back to the panel. I'm Roger, Chris is here, and, um, so you were saying, we'll, we'll grab our caller in a minute, but uh, that uh, last topic you introduced, I'd like to hear the final word on it. Well, yeah, I, I may need to expand it more than 30 seconds, but um, talking about some of the excerpts in Obama's third autobiography, and it lends some insight into his thinking while he was president, and that was the intention. And I think about that, how we survived his presidency, and we'll be able to survive uh, Biden's, whether it's four years or eight years, which it won't be, or two months. I want to talk about that. And some of the comments that Obama made criticizing the American people. So why don't I hold that thought? We'll take the call, and I'll jump back to that. Okay. Hello there, and thank you for your call. Good morning. Good morning. Um, Here's what I wanted to talk about. Now, they, they, the machines in Georgia, I believe it was, they put a hold on them so they can't erase or reset the voting machine. And they want to do a forensic audit on them, right? And now the judge is saying, well, I'm going to examine 
the contract that these that the voting company Dominion has with the states, you know, because they're saying, well, you you could violate our, our our privacy because these machines have proprietary software and hardware in them, right? And I'm thinking, you mean like the Air Force violates the um, proprietary rights of McDonnell Douglas or General Dynamics when they get the plans for an F-16? You know what? You gave us these voting machines. We're picking the president with them, and, we're, and we need a friend of the court to call that court and say, like hell, they gave up all their damn rights to proprietary information. They can trust the government. We're coming in doing the forensic doing the examination, whether you like it or not, and that's exactly the decision that judge has to make. I don't see why there should even be a question about it. Well, there, there is precedent, so when you think about proprietary, I think about Gina Raimondo, and I think about Point Judith Capital, which is a hedge fund. By definition, they the hedge funds uh, are doing investments that they don't want to have seen public. So I, I get what you're saying, but it goes back to the first caller. Uh, well, the one thing that really hurts and you understand this, you follow this very, very closely. One thing that really hurts the president's cause is that the governor and I believe it was the governor and the secretary of state both said, hey, our guy didn't win. Um, but what has to happen, and going back to the first caller, and I think you understand this, is that the complexity of having 50 individual elections at the state level that's being aggregated at the national level, we, we might have to review that. And when we review that, You've always got the danger of the liberals wanting to look at the Electoral College. I don't think they're going to look at it now because uh, Biden won. But, yeah, I understand what you're saying, but I, I would go back to we need it to be expeditious. We need it to summarize all of the issues of all of the states that are at, at risk, and we, we need to get it going forward. I go back to my original comment to the first call. The president has not helped himself at all by making comments you know, and he hasn't been, you know, comments like, I don't know if this is going to make the Supreme Court. He, he's hurting himself. I know how you feel. I'm disappointed as hell. But, but you know, you, we're trying to put our, uh, our wind behind somebody who's just sinking. Well, I understand what you're saying. But if a forensic audit shows its proof that these machines altered the vote, we have to throw the whole thing out. And we, the people, the voter, we need to not be disenfranchised by some private company. As far as I'm, it would be like the state coming into your house to take your kids because they heard you were abusing them. You don't have any rights. You have rights after you go to court. Too bad for you. The day the cops show up, they grab your kids and that's all there is to it. We go in, we grab these machines, and we examine them. And you know what? First of all, we can trust the, the, the inspectors not release the information on what the provided information, number one. Number two, you know, we can make it up to the company after they're damaged. But as far as I'm concerned, the federal government has every right to seize those machines and test them and make sure they're functional. See? Period. They do it to you. Yep. If you were lying, do you think they wouldn't come grab you tomorrow? Yeah, so I, I, I think my, my gut reaction here is Sidney Powell is no longer part of the team. I, I think you should be part of it because you're giving an impassioned plea. I understand what you're saying. They've got to, they've got to move it along. The Electoral College is going to be mid-December, and they've got to move it along. So I understand what you're saying. It's, it's difficult to argue every place. Let's see where it all goes. And, again, I'm, you, you, you listen regularly, obviously. You call regularly. I'm hoping like hell. I'll go back to my statement last week with you. I'm hoping like hell I'm wrong and you're right. And let's just see where it all goes. Thank you so much for the call. Appreciate your call. You're on the Upfront program. We have callers uh, lined up uh, on the program. So uh, we have to move on, and we're going to move on to one more call here. Hello there. Yes, good morning. Good morning. Uh, you know, I'd like to say how disgusted I am with America in general. Uh, I'll try to make it short and sweet because I could take hours uh, on America, but I, uh, I think I can sum it up in, 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 in these words. Uh, this COVID-19 may be killing lots of Americans, but Americans' freedoms uh, and the American economy have already been killed. Uh, furthermore, Main Street has been completely destroyed by all the phony shutdowns and quarantines. Uh, Big Brother has taken total control of Americans' lives. Uh, the American economy has literally been forced to commit suicide over COVID-19. 
which is which is really a brilliant excuse and a smokescreen uh, for the one percent to kill off the other ninety nine percent. And this this so called new world order uh, is right out of the Saul Alinsky and George Soros playbook uh, to manufacture in a deliberate uh, and evil manner a conspiracy and nightmare by the Rothschild family right out of the protocols of the learned elders of Zion which let me know when you're sick of this uh, Chris all right well well don't 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 make it a, an ethic issue because you, you, you have that in the past so let me let me let me stop you right there plus you've been on the yeah. air four or five times with the same story I've heard it before but, yeah. the same words the same people I think we got your message my question to you is why do you why do you just Keep repeating the same message. Do you think if you repeat it enough times, we'll start believing it? I repeat it because that's what's that's what's going on in America today. That's the source. The source is the Rothschilds. The source is Jamie Dimon. The source is uh, uh, George Soros. Uh, the source is Michael Bloomberg. The common denominator. There's a common denominator. They're all international uh, Jews. Uh, I, when I mean international. I mean, is what Henry Ford had said. It was right a, hundred, a century ago. What it is, is we're not talking about Orthodox Jews or the average Jew. We're talking, it comes back to the Jewish question. How, meaning, how do they get to that? How do these Jews get to this position of power? Well, let me, let me stop, let me, let me stop, let me stop you there and take you back into yeah. night to the early 60s. I think the Great Society, let's find some common, some common uh, agreement here. I think the Great Society was, was a, issue for the Democrats to, to, to get minorities to vote Republican, I mean, to vote Democrat, and, and, and really make the people depend on the government. Do you, do you, do you think that goes all the way back there? Because I, 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 I do agree, this is the issue, and I have notes here that kind of agree with you in general. You've got, a, you've got a government that's shutting down businesses, and now you've got a situation where you've got people begging to have Congress provide another stimulus package basically to, to, to solve the problem they've created. So I think we agree that. We probably don't we, I don't think we agree on the sources, but certainly there's a push. We've had 47% of the population vote for Trump who wants a free America, who wants to protect the Second Amendment, who doesn't want to stack the courts, and we've got 53% of the population apparently, until proven otherwise that wants to stack the courts, that wants a nanny society, and wants people to depend on the government. I don't think the source is what you're saying. I think it's it's more um, out in the open than that. But we really appreciate your phone call. That means you're listening, and thank you so much. Appreciate it. Have a good one. This is the Upfront Program, WNRI's the station. And uh, it's a talk show. So, therefore, you know, you let people um, express their opinion. You may not uh, disagree with it. Or agree with it, but it's there. And the only reason I, I interrupted him is that is that um, I heard heard the same thing on Lowry's program the other day, and and other and other programs. And like I said, the guy's entitled to his viewpoint, but uh, I got his message a, a long time ago. So um, I, I, to, to, to me, uh, anti-Semitic comments like that and trying to blame. The, the movement uh, on on the Jews is just uncomfortable. It's incorrect, um, and it, it just doesn't make any sense. There's, it's more. It's a philosophy of: Do you want the government to to be, have control over your children? One of the things that came up yesterday, and I do not want to come here and regurgitate Fox News. I try to get it everywhere, but. You're not able to make the decision, and you can talk about this on Friday. You're not going to be able to make the decision about your kids, whether they should go to school or not. There were five or six doctors and pediatricians who said they were very comfortable back in June, July, wanting their kids to start school in September, and they were ridiculed by the media. And it's it's going back to uh, Hillary Clinton. It takes a village. Your children are no longer your responsibility. It's the society's. And Dr. Fauci said a couple of times that it's very safe to have your kids go to school. The, they, they're not carriers. And then you've got a, a situation going the other way saying that we're just going to stop everything. We're going to ruin the lives of a generation. Certainly you can make a darn good case that the president said that the cure is worse than the disease. And I would submit that the kids belong in school. And I think uh, the former this caller would, would agree with that. All right, we're going to take, um, let's see, um, 
a, a moment here to maybe have you finish um, what you were saying yeah. a little bit earlier because I do want to hear it. Yeah, I, I mean, going back, I'm going to talk about President Obama, and, and I think I've tried to be very fair. Anyone who says he was the worst president ever, it, it doesn't make any sense. But he's written his third autobiography that was published, and they were highlighting some of the excerpts. And this wasn't the president being asked on a speech or being asked a question where he gave a response that maybe was flipping. You know, this was read into his autobiography. He meant it. So we had the British Petroleum spill in 2010 that put millions and millions of gallons of oil into the Gulf of Mexico. Terrible thing. So Obama was reviewing that in his memoirs, saying that the speech that he gave did not express the outrage he had over British Petroleum and corporations in America. His feeling was that we should leave all that stuff to government, that capitalism and, and, and free business couldn't be trusted. So the president made a comment, I think I sent it to you this morning, yes. that, uh, that American, he criticized Americans for liking their cheap gas and big cars. Now, uh, you, do you know what the beast is? Have you heard of what the beast is? The, you mean the website? No, no, no. It's it's no, it, there's a beast. It, and, and, there's the beast. Yeah, <laughs> and it's it's not my Shih Tzu Libby. The the beast is is the nickname of the president's armored car. Yes, it's a General Motors. It's a Cadillac, which I'm I'm very fond of. It costs 1.5 million dollars. It gets. 3.8 miles to the gallon because it weighs over 15,000 pounds. When the president or this president, next president, always has those vehicles. They also, by the way, have blood in the back in case something happens to the president. There's six or seven of those every time the president goes anywhere. Then there's this thing called Air Force One, which is made by Boeing. It's a 747 retrofitted, and it gets five gallons to the mile. And when the president visits another part of the world, there's two of them. So the president's got two of them. So there is nobody who has a bigger carbon footprint than a president of the United States. And now that President Obama is a, technically a private citizen, he's always president because he was president, he flies, doesn't fly commercial, he has secret service with him, and he flies in a private jet, and everywhere he goes, he's protected. So for an individual like that to have that kind of carbon footprint and then criticize the American people for liking their large cars and their, and, and their gas, that's an asinine, stupid comment. And I'm not saying the president's asinine, stupid. That's a stupid comment. So this is 10 years later, 10, you know, 20, yeah, 10 years later. So the president thought that way. We've got the greatest government in the world. Somebody who thinks like that didn't do a lot of damage to America. Did some damage, but we've got a House and a Senate. We've got a judiciary to keep everything in balance. So my argument here is Biden is going to have a lot of the same social leanings and progressive leanings. America is going to survive it. But think about somebody with that carbon footprint um, as president. I'm not criticizing the president being protected. And then look down at the American people. It's like that old joke. There was a survey that 98.5% of the American population thought that public transportation was good for other people. You know, So I, I just thought it was a really stupid comment. And if he thought like that, he hit it. And I think Biden is just as bad. And we'll get by this guy, too. And after we take our call, we'll, uh, we'll talk about the, the presidency of uh, Joe Biden and what it could do to um, the economy and what it could do to our personal lives. Apparently, you've thought about this, Chris, right? I have. <laughs> yes. Uh, and as well, you should as a financial advisor, because I know you're saying, so what does this mean to all the people that uh, are looking for me for uh, financial uh, guidance? Let's take a phone call and say hello to you. Hello there. Good morning, Hi. everybody. Good morning. Um, good morning. I had a thought for a couple days now, and that's dangerous. But anyway... <laughs> The mail-in ballots, they, they mentioned the other day, some states sent out one point something million and they got back over two million ballots, mail-in ballots. How, to me, I was thinking somebody had their hands where the mail-in ballots would be stored. And that's how they got all those extra mail in ballots. What do you think about that? 
Well, I'm, I'm, I'm having trouble focusing on every individual one. So what I did earlier, I think you were listening, I was doing a synopsis of the close states and where they are and how they control the election. Obviously, we don't care about New Jersey. We don't care about Massachusetts. Those were clearly Biden states. You know, we don't care about California, what have you. So it's the states we want to focus on. The problem we're going to have, and it's always explained every four years, that it's not a national election. It's 50 statewide elections that bring up to the Electoral College. Um, having visited Florida recently... We did a lot of talking about how Florida had one of the worst voting systems in terms of making sure that it was pure to one of the best. How do we bring that along? And clearly it doesn't sound like Dominion is going to be the one. I listened to their spokesperson on last Sunday who defended it. The CEO didn't come on. It was a, it was a lawyer defending it. Not there's anything wrong with that. However... It didn't make me comfortable that this was going on. You can go back to 2016 and the CNN excerpt saying that Dominion is not something that could be trusted. The state of Texas said it couldn't be trusted. The key is, you know, Adolf Hitler did not get elected. It was Joe Biden. We're going to talk if we have time about some of the pluses and minuses. They're mostly minuses, but it's not as bad as I think people think. How do we get to the next level and make sure that all these elections are pure and you know like you know john brian pushing in rhode island voter id if you're offended that you have to give your driver's license to vote you're in the wrong country there's 28 things that you have to do in order to, to provide your driver's license you know rent a car hotel all on and on and on and so um, anybody who pushes back about voter id um is, is trying to uh, steal election. So the next step is in the next four years. What? How do we do this? Because this doesn't benefit anyone. If uh, if this was all actual, and if, say the election was stolen, say it was stolen for Trump, that's wrong too. So Republicans and Democrats both have. Uh, skin in the game to get this thing right. So I'm kind of focusing on how do we get to the next level so this doesn't happen again because it looks like, as I said earlier, and I, I didn't quote it, that the Democrats focus more on the election while the Republicans were focusing on the campaign. So um, I, I can't comment specifically on those issues. I'm going to wait as we talk to the first caller. Is this going to get to the Supreme Court? And if you listen to the president, he's giving up on that. But would you think about what I said? Because those mail-in ballots, uh, you know, you could sign the exit, so there's no way of verifying a signature. Uh, would you think about what I said, that the um, somebody must have had access where those mail-in ballots were being stored? I, I, I agree with what you're saying. I hear what you're saying. My, my submission would be that once we decide to start letting all of these people vote by mail the, the crap was out of the horse there, there was nothing that could be prevented these things from happening they weren't going to waste their time in Washington D.C. which was 90% Biden they weren't going to waste their time in Delaware they were going to focus on the four or five key states and <laughs> you or I could have told them four, three years ago what the key states were going to be so, but they should, they should investigate who was in charge of the storage of those mail in ballots Hopefully you're right, and, and again, I'm not going to the individual things. I'm kind of taking it all in, and I'm looking to see if it goes to the Supreme Court. As I said, I don't have as much uh, confidence uh, as I used to about them, but I, I hear what you're saying. I know you listen regularly. I hope you're calling back in two weeks and you're scolding me for being wrong, and you can you can uh, and smile that you were right about this. I think, you know, President Trump should look into that. Okay, thank you. Thank you Bye -bye. for the call. Thank you. This Speak. is the right. Upfront program. I'm just reminding people that they're listening to the show. Okay. <laughs> now you're on. Oh, just quickly, you're going to take a break, but I did realize last week I misspoke. Um, I got my cases confused. In 1954, Brown versus Board of Education was unanimous. I said it was five to four, but it was actually unanimous. I was thinking of another case. Did somebody pick you up on that, or did you discover your error by yourself? Um, I don't know. Does it sound self-righteous that I discovered it by myself? No, that doesn't sound self-righteous at all. Sometimes we do that. All right, Grumpy's is next. Bye -bye. 
Inside dining, outside dining, or your favorite pickup order to go from Grumpy's Restaurant, Bellingham. Open seven days a week with a great luncheon menu and a full menu from burgers to steaks to seafood to our Italian dishes and our tasty pizzas. One of the best menus in the area. Hungry tonight or today? Come on in today and enjoy the friendly service, reasonable prices, and great food at Grumpy's. Call ahead for pickup order or place a reservation to dine in at 508-883-0101. Grumpy's, 190 Pulaski Boulevard, Bellingham, Massachusetts. Grubhub delivery also available. All right, and Grumpy's is open uh, today, and uh, this is Tuesday, and that means they have that $10 dinner specials uh, served from 4 o'clock on, and there's uh, always something nice on the menu. And uh, that is the uh, decision of the chef in the kitchen is four or five items, $10, usually uh, potato and vegetable, is, um, is part, of the, um, part of the plate. And if you don't like what's on the uh, $10 dinner menu, take a look at the regular menu. And there's always something great, including one of their great burgers. Champs Liquors for Keyway, 481 Clinton Street, Woonsocket. Champs reintroduces Flip Flop Wines, a California winery that has crafted a variety of wines that are fun, fruit-flavored with amazing taste. Listen to this. We have two bottles of Flip Flop Wine for $10, including Cabernet Sauvignon, Merlot, Pink Moscato, Regular Moscato, Chardonnay, and Pinot Grigio. Again, two bottles for $10, mix and match. Still on? On sale, Tisdale Wines from California in six varieties, including a Pinot Grigio, Merlot, Cabernet, White Zinfandel, Chardonnay, and Moscato choices. And yes, again, two bottles for $10. And we continue with the best price in town on Bud and Bud Light, 30-pack, $25.50 plus tax. New hours for the convenience of customers, open daily at 8 a.m. to 9 p.m. For a great selection of beer, wine, and spirits, you can count on Champs Liquors, 481 Clinton Street. Have a question? Call 760. 1800 and speak to Mike the manager. You're listening to WNRI's Upfront, a radio internet talk show. Now, let's get back to the panel. The panel on this Tuesday morning, Roger Bouchard, Chris Boulay, coming up after this program, Authors Hour with Wayne Barber. So, 2021. How will it look when uh, Mr. Biden and his crew? Set policy for the USA. We think about it and you look at the architect of the growth of the economy and the stock market in the last four years. And that was clearly Donald Trump. I don't care what anyone says. Lowering the corporate tax rate from the second highest in the industrialized world to a fair one from 35% to 21%. The poster child for that I like to use is CVS Health. There's nothing they can really write off. They have sales and cost of goods sold. Instead of paying at the 35% rate, now they're now paying at the 21% rate. What do they do? They bought Aetna with it, that cash. They hired more people. They did more R&D. They did things to compete with Amazon. They did really, really well. So the, the thought is that I think, in agreeing with a lot of conservative people, that Biden's going to be really kind of bad for the country. When you start talking about going after the Second Amendment, when you start talking about packing the courts, when you start surrounding yourself with people like AOC and what have you. But I'm not sure those things are going to gain traction because there's going to be some moderate Democrats out there who say, I don't want that. You know, I'm a Democrat in name only. I'm a Dino, but I don't want those things. And then there are some things like infrastructure that the president... Uh, Trump was already going to do that Biden's going to do and take credit for. So that's going to drive the economy. We've got things going on right now where they just haven't done that that much damage. President Trump is leaving with the underpinning of a good economy. And I think most people will say that we're going to be okay. And I go back to Warren Buffett. They haven't all been peaches. Um, I think a lot of the radical things are just not going to get done. Uh, some of the people who signed off on the uh, Green New Deal never even read it. They're going to push themselves as far away from it. We're certainly going to have some issues that are going to cause pain to the American people. Trump didn't care what the Europeans thought. They wanted, he wanted them to pay 4% of their GDP for NATO costs. That could go by the wayside. Iran is looking around saying... Um, uh, is the United States going to be more friendly to them? Are they going to reduce the sanctions? Obviously, Israel just forced that uh, Biden's hand by assassinating the Iranian uh, nuclear scientists. You know, they're just not going to sit there and wait until this, they have a bomb and they start bombing Israel because there's no question that what they're going to do, just like the Democrats told us what they were going to do. 
Iran is saying death to America, death to Israel, and as soon as they have a bomb, they're going to uh, use it on Israel. Israel's not waiting. So there may be some limited things that he's going to do, and he, he might be in a box, but some of his appointments have been pretty bad. Some of the key ones, like Janet Yellen, is a good pick. So I, I think the damage will be minimal, and um, we'll have a big see with uh, what happens in Georgia on January 5th. If they take the Senate, there's going to be some problems. Obviously, the callers who are calling in saying that there's a lot of cheating going on, you can actually cross into the border of Georgia and vote and not even be a member and not even live there. You know, how many people they're going to do it? Are there going to be hundreds of thousands? They're going to arrest all those people? They're not arresting people who are bringing down the state. So those things all kind of play into it. I'm not happy that Biden got in, but I, I think the damage may be minimum. But there'll be a, a, another push, assuming he gets four years, which he probably won't, another push of the decay of American values of family and, you know, anti-abortion, you know, to be pushing that Planned Parenthood must be happy. They're going to get a lot more money. There's going to be a lot of progressive things, but I think the whole scheme of thing, there might be a hell of a backlash in 2022 and probably in 2024. So I'm not as pessimistic as I was on uh, November 4th. So I don't really see it ever changing if, in fact, we do not change how we vote. Because the voting, the way we vote in America is, um, in, in my mind, I don't even feel like going out to vote next time around. Because I really feel it was tainted. Now, you might say, well, Roger, where's your proof? Well, I can't prove it. <laughs> I can only, like, feel, feel it. Uh, but uh, I do know that um, there's something wrong out there. And I do not see the environment or the political, um, shall we say, uh, political movement to change um, uh, and make our voting system more legitimate. As a matter of fact, I see it even deteriorating more. And so what does that do for somebody like me? Am I like a, a very small number of people? Or or do will we have an American uh, public like myself that says, you know what, um, uh, you know, Maybe I should go live in the villages. <laughs> well, well you, you, you think about well, I it. Afford it. And not, not, to, not to sound cynical, but there's a big push out there, for, whether it's on Facebook, whether it's on the NFL, getting people to get out and vote. A lot, a lot of people don't have a clue. You shouldn't be voting if you don't have any idea about the issues. You know, AOC doesn't even know the three branches of government. And would you say who she is, just for our audience who doesn't know who she is? Oh, um, uh, and Alexandria... Ortez, what's O A um, Cortez, o- Ortiz Cortez. She's she's the, the um, rep- representative from the uh, 14th district in New York. I didn't Queens. mean to throw you a curve. No, no, no I, I just I'm so used to saying AOC, and um, but she she doesn't she doesn't have a clue. Uh, she hurts the Democratic Party, but she ended up getting you know you know it's seven to one in her uh, in, in her district in terms of Democrats and she's out there pushing the ones who are trying to get reelected to the to the to the to the real progressive side and they're losing elections and that's what happened when the when the Republicans took 15 additional seats from the Democrats is you had some people defunding the police who, who are you going to call you know and I don't see that being part of Biden's uh, administration at all I, I just don't. But she's very, very um, ignorant, and she's very, very progressive, and she doesn't even have the the basics to, to create her argument. It's like shooting fish in a barrel, you know, debating her. Will the media give her the attention uh, that she needs to, to get her message across, or or is the media so happy with uh, Joe Biden that uh, they're just going to cover him? And uh, some of the uh, names that were uh, focus were surfacing in an anti-Donald Trump media environment uh, may not get uh, the attention they got before. Well, Maybe. first, I've got a listener who's fretting about my mispronunciation. It's Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. All right. Thank yeah, you. So uh, thanks for that, listener. And I apologize for butchering her name. Uh, you can get in trouble because if you call uh, Kamala... Uh, Kamala, Kamala, uh, Kamala, you're going to get in trouble. Uh, she's certainly a, a darling, and I think it, it's the, the media will certainly give her a lot of coverage, and they want to hear what she's saying, even if it doesn't make any sense. Um, she, she, she does have a charm to her, and she is consistent. She's consistently stupid, but she does have a consistency to her about things. So she'll, she'll get a, a lot of uh, review. 
and a lot of attention. Again, the issue is 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 that a baked potato with a uh, with a D in front of it could be elected in her district. Mm-hmm. You know, it's 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 it's, it's seven to one. And so she, it'll either be her or somebody else, but a, a quality candidate ran against her, Caruso uh, Cabrera, and she, it was it was seven it was seventy percent to thirty percent, and she was a high quality candidate, the Republican. Heard you chat a little bit about this on uh, Thursday's Thanksgiving program, but um, I just wanted to uh, get your thoughts about um, Gina Raimondo and whether, in fact, she's going to remain our governor. Well, whether, in fact, she's going to move on. Um, are they just talking about her, but is, in the end, going to choose somebody else for a Washington, D.C. post? Well, given that information, I will leave it up to the listeners. If you're going to sit through the pains, and you already do it, you've, you've heard every one of them, and you provide the ex- excerpts, you can listen that she's talking to a different audience. And so... Ted Nisi, who's a very reliable source, says she would love to have the job. And the fact that what's going on right now with the vaccine, it would be a much more high-profile high job. Health and uh, Human Services Director, pretty much, would be a much more high-profile job than it normally would be. So it, it's very, very possible. She's been very loyal to the Democrats. She's very young. Uh, she's the right sex for the for the. For, for the um, administration because they want to have mostly women. Not saying that's good or bad, it's just what they want to do. As a matter of fact, we've, the last three um, press secretaries have been women, but they never gave Donald Trump that attention. But Biden has an all-woman uh, press corps, and they, they you know give him all the attention. So the answer to your, your question, yes, I, I think she has a puncher's chance of, of getting the position, and I think she wants the position. And if she, I think she wants it too. Uh, I'd love, uh, if I were her, I'd love to get out of this mess that she's in here in Rhode Island. I mean, there are no happy answers to um, to being governor at this particular moment. Now, the question is, who takes over, right? <laughs> who, who will run the show in Rhode Island if she leaves? I'm almost wishing that she won't leave because I'm, I'm not quite sure what uh, the alternatives are. <laughs> Did you want to? Uh, we got about um, uh, about thirty seconds to go. Yes. What what didn't we cover today? The story on FoxNews.com: Los Angeles County Supervisor visited a restaurant after voting for outdoor dining ban. So this individual uh, voted uh, with the majority, three to two, banning outdoor dining in in L.A. And just before it happened, where it was. Uh, acceptable. Sheila Culey was her name, and she was seen eating at a Santa Monica, California eatery just hours after she voted to be in outdoor dining. She was caught on it and, was, and gave no apology. She said it was still legal. Hey, do as I say. Don't uh, do as I do. Absolutely. Thank you, Chris. The progressive format. We'll see you on Thursday. Upfront program. Thank you for your participation today. Bye-bye. This has been WNRI's Upfront. Presented weekday mornings at 8 a.m. Upfront is a regular public affairs presentation of News Talk 1380, WNRI Woonsocket. W260DC. WNRI.